first of all, this is like the only movie that I'm aware of that has my last name accurately spelled in it. Um, okay. That are the main characters. So that's the thing that's always kind of been weird. Also, I was exactly eight years old in 1990, which is also huh. weird. Huh. So like my name also kind of sounds like Kevin. Yeah. People, I can see wow. a Starbucks employee fucking up and writing Kevin on your cup. Yeah. Oh, that, that's like a dream Kevin? day. I don't even Kevin? give my phone, my, my real name at Starbucks or any other coffee shop. No, I you're, give you're Jeremy. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, well, <laughs> Jeremy, and yeah, I am Jeremy. Jeremy as well. So there's that. But uh, <laughs> on that callback, <laughs> welcome to Geek Squatch, where nostalgia finds a giant hairy beast and spits out a podcast all about 80s and 90s geek culture. Welcome to this year's Christmas episode. Geek Squatch wishes everyone out there a very happy holiday. Hope you had a great time with your family, your friends, or just alone at a Golden Corral. I don't know. Whatever you did for holidays, I hope it was good. No judging. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, we're not judging at all, you know? Can I get that Christmas, Hanukkah, Life Day, you know, whatever it is. Okay. All right. I noticed, I noticed you've think? left out my heathen tradition of Yule. I've noticed that. Yule? The Yule? Burn them logs? Yeah, you know. Yeah, what, what is that? The, the, the Yule log? Uh basically it's the remnant, it's the remnants of um like the former log that you used last year and it's uh you use that to light the fire and the yule log is a giant log that's supposed to carry you through the night tradition of whatever you're doing uh for your yule night celebration on mother's night that's the idea of it it's literally the exact same thing that it's literally the exact same thing people thing that people think of when they think of a yule log because it was directly lifted from heathen fucking tradition merry christmas Let's get into it. <laughs> uh, our holiday special this year, guys, we're covering an 80s and 90s kids classic, Home Alone. I will be your host, Brandon Kramer, tonight. I'm hoping that I get an accurate head count and that little jerk, Mitch Murphy, doesn't screw it up. Tonight, I got with me Alex Hirsch. Yeah, don't put my name in your mouth like that, man. You don't know who I am. <laughs> no, I'm here. It's cool. Let's talk, let's talk, about, let's talk about Home Alone. And you, are, and you already heard uh, Mr. Caleb McAllister. Yeah, you know, it's just a burden uh, having like a 13-letter last name and like a five-letter first name that no one can ever spell correctly. Either way, it's just my life. <laughs> Did you feel uh, slightly famous being uh, related to Kevin McAllister? Yeah, you know, people who old? actually knew me uh, like in in elementary school and stuff were like, hey, like that's your name. I was like, yeah, I know, weird, right? Like it never happens. Like I know your name is like Leonard Smith, so like everything has Smith all over it. And, you know, I mean, people call you Lenny, but yeah. Did your I mean, family have a cool um, M engraved into their front doorknob? You know, no, just in case uh, some cat burglars. We were not that well off. Not, I mean, can I 3D print you an M, an M monogrammed doorknob? <laughs> I want to say that, that doorknob actually is not that attractive. So I'm going to say no. Man, you know, I would have been the kid that absolutely hustled that shit on the playground. I absolutely would have been because I was like one of those like fucking chronic liar storyteller kids. You know what I mean? It was always uh-huh. like, oh, yeah. no, nah, man, I totally I know everything about this bullshit. Go figure. Right? I was a bullshitter <laughs> as a kid. Um, but no, I absolutely would have played my stre- my uh, strengths on that one. Yeah, dude. Kevin McAllister shit, man. They wrote that story about my uncle. You know what I mean? Some shit. <laughs> no, I wasn't that smart about that kind of playing it for uh, for popularity or anything. Hey, you got to get that hustle, man. It's mm-hmm. all about money. That's what the end goal is. You got to hustle them kids out of ice cream cash, you know. So I'm curious, you guys, uh, for starting out, where does Home Alone belong on your Christmas watch list? Nowhere, Caleb. Nowhere. Nowhere. I really? no. I mean, no. Are you no. serious? The only movie that I watch consistently during Christmas is A Christmas Story. I watched that about 
average 7.5 times every Christmas. Sure. Because I love yeah. it. Yeah. That makes All sense. Right. What's funny is I'm not, it's not really on my list, but oh. I appreciate it, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Should try out, kid. I know, huh? I know. Alex, where are you at on that? I mean, all right, so here's a weird thing. Since Caleb was so, such a bummer, such a Grinch about... Well, oh, I forgot. Um, I also watched Die Hard. Yeah. 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 Well, for me, uh, we are not a big movie family. Like, I used to be way more into watching movies and having, like, traditions and stuff. And, like, I mean, even, like, in high school, I watched uh, Batman Begins literally every day after school for, like, over a year. I mean, I, I've seriously seen that movie, like, I don't know, 250 times. Um, so like, I, I don't know. I used to be really into movies and I'm not as much anymore. I just don't feel like I have a lot of time to sit and watch something like just sit and idly watch something. Um, and our kids, we don't really watch a lot of like movies as a family, um, because of attention spans and, you know, kids go to sleep and then I feel like they've wasted their time on that and they want to rewatch it later. And I don't, I'm not going to watch this movie twice in one week, you know? Uh, but they, anyway, that's all to say they're getting to an age now, uh, with my youngest being almost six now, uh, we just watched we just like sort of started a movie tradition. Um, so home alone was the very first movie. Heather watched it with the kids a couple weeks ago. Um, and since then we watched like elf and, uh, uh, Christmas vacation and some other stuff like that. So we're kind of, we're, we're, I think from here on out, it'll be definitely in the list. It'll probably be the, I would like it to sort of maintain that order. I would like it to be the first movie every time because it's really cool for kids and it's not, there's nothing abstract about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no moral lesson necessarily. It's just kind of like big, dumb fun hijinks. I mean there's there's a slight one in there like appreciate your family you know sure if, if you ever lost them you'd, you'd really kind of you wouldn't you know, you'd really miss them you know that's that's kind of a, something I a take away in my rewatches I totally forgot about that whole thing where he's telling his mom like I wish you guys weren't here in the morning you know I, I wouldn't miss you at all and then that that fruition and then the next morning when it kind of dawns on me he's like I I what I made my family disappear, you know, and he gets real happy about it for a minute. <laughs> like that was that's a good classic one. On the nature um, on the nature of that lesson, really quick, I want to tell you a fun story about that happened uh, about forty five minutes ago, right before bedtime. Uh, my six year old, um, he always says really weird, introspective stuff like, you know, if you guys were ever gone, I'd miss you a whole lot, like that kind of shit, right? It's strange mm-hmm. to hear that from a six year old. But uh, anyway, he says to Heather, he's like sitting on her lap about to go to bed and stuff, and he's like, you know. If you guys ever died, I would fight and make a deal with the devil, and I would get you guys back. And I was like, this is, it's like, this is my fucking kid. This is 100% my child. It's a clone is what that is. Yeah, you, you got a solid one there, man. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, my list, I, Home Alone's on there for me, man. I think, like like I said, I'm not a huge uh, Christmas Story fan. I don't go out of my way to watch that. Um, every year I've gone out of my way to watch It's a Wonderful Life at least once around Christmas. Um, very recently I picked up Die Hard, uh, around Christmas and started watching that also. And of course last year that's what was our Christmas episode and we all talked about kind of whether or not that was a Christmas movie. And I think Colin was the only one that fell on the fence that it wasn't right. Yes. He's being stubborn. Did we all agree that it probably but was? I th- I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, not to take too much out of this episode to talk about Die Hard, but I feel like I can see the case for it and i like yeah. the idea i like i like that argument i like that idea a whole lot enough to like land on that side of the fence but i definitely can say that like how how much of that movie is actually about anything about christmas you know what i mean it's just <laughs> yeah. if that movie was set around the fourth of july it'd be the same fucking movie you know how but in the opposite boat home alone very much a christmas movie 
Um, the entire theme is based around Christmas, uh, the family trip to Paris, and of course, forgetting Kevin at home. Um, who goes to Paris for Christmas? Yeah, it's not like, like they're getting they away people... to like the Florida Keys where it's warmer or anything. Like, yeah. This is straight up like you're going from one cold-ass place to another cold-ass place. There's both going to be snow. Um, this is the worst idea I have ever heard. Look, man, you got to spend money to make money, and at some point, you can't be sitting on all that liquid-ass capital. You've got to get rid of that <laughs> shit, and what better way than to take 13 damn kids overseas? That's okay. true. I, I'm going to bring this up now. I was going to bring it up a little bit later, but what the fuck does Mr. McAllister, not my father, uh, do for a living? Like, I don't understand. This house is huge. I don't in think Chicago. it's ever hinted or implied at. Not well, at I looked all. it up because it's always one of those things you hear about. Like, that old Malone house is huge, and what would it be worth? It sold in 2007 for one and a half million. So it's not as much as I thought it would be. I thought I was look I was looking at like a you know, okay, 2007 though was as the market was starting to bottom out. Like that's another thing to consider. Oh really? The other, okay. The other thing is like where I live. It all depends on location, right? Because that house in True. Montana, that's a one million dollar house. That house where I live, that's like a fucking fourteen million dollar house. You know? Yeah, that house here is like yeah, probably three, two point five, maybe maybe two. Market's kind of Winnetaka. What's Winnetaka, Illinois? I think is that how you pronounce that is where the house is is located. Oh, okay. it's actually at because it's in Chicago. Well, it's, I think it's movie, somewhere near so Chicago, Chicago. Yeah, something that big in Chicago would be a lot more. I think. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, that um, they did all the shooting in Illinois um, with that house. They some sound st- stage stuff also, but also the uh, the church scene is a is a church that's actually in Oak Park, Illinois. So. I thought that was interesting that they Yeah, they couldn't shoot um a house that size, like that that type of house in Chicago because when you um anytime you shoot a movie in Chicago proper, you have to pay like this humongous tax to Scruff McGruff to like make sure there's no crime around. So <laughs> that's just a whole, yeah. it's a whole ordeal. <laughs> it's a whole deal. So um it's kinda I don't want to go like point by point through the the plot of this movie. I think everyone that's listening to us has probably seen Home Alone at least once or twice. Um but some kind of recent, an early takeaway that I that I just realized watching it again is I did not remember that Joe Pesci the what what's his name? It's Marv is Daniel Stern, and he's Larry. Is it Larry? Yeah. And Marv. Yeah. Larry but anyway, Marv. yeah, I think you're right. Um, but he's there in the very beginning in the house, like casing the place. Oh, yeah. sorry, it's Harry. I'm sorry. I don't remember Harry. Harry. Yeah, Harry and Marv. I didn't remember that at all. That he's there already, like casing the place, like dressed as like a like a neighborhood security, or is it, or is it straight he's up a as cop. a cop? He's, he's straight a cop. cop. Yeah, yeah. Which and is asking, mega illegal. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. for sure. The cojones about, on and, uh, on Harry are pretty big, <laughs> for sure. Mister McAllister giving away all the details of security on his house um, while they'll be away in Paris over Christmas. So I watched this movie with Jamie as I want to do, uh, and she, so she knows that I'm writing, taking notes, and uh, she's like, "So the cops in your house, you you're upstairs, no one tells you, that's totally legit, makes sense, right? But when you come downstairs and you start talking to this man, like there's another level of seriousness that any adult would have. You'd be like, oh, sorry, officer, I didn't know you were here. Like, what can I do for you?" to get this get this cop out of your house right that's the whole right, goal because right. something either is wrong or he needs to tell you something very important right and so if you watch it he straight up says oh no we're uh, we're leaving you know and our security is basically non-existent uh, 
oh, oh there's a pizza. I got to go. And like just walks away. Man, I, I, this movie, this, this movie is about people who have literally zero judgment, right? Like just zero judgment skills at all. Yeah, that that's a pretty big family full of assholes. Yeah. In that opening scene. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote. Um, it's brutal. First, I wrote Fuller is an asshole. And then immediately underneath that, I wrote everyone in this family is an asshole. Every single person in the family is an <laughs> asshole to Kevin. Yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. I, oh, man. If you really start breaking this down as like a family dynamic and, and not looking at it as like a really fun, uh, dumb movie, like a comedy movie. Yo, this movie's fucked up, like beyond <laughs> fucked up. Uncle Frank is flat, a, a terrible person. Oh, yeah. he's horrible. He's a bad human being. <laughs> you know what I forgot? He's My stealing China glasses. off the first cl- out of first class in the airplane. Oh yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? Oh, I was saying that. Uh, he says, uh, "Oh, you know what else I forgot? I forgot my reading glasses." It's like, dude, <laughs> we forgot a kid. Can we? Can, no, let's talk about he that. He says. He says, if it makes you feel any better, I oh, forgot yeah. my wit, my reading glasses. Yeah, like, she no, no, asshole. Like, no, I don't feel any better. I left a child at home. And, and uh, here's the funny thing. So, again, I'm watching this with Jamie. She's a mom. So she's immediately like, okay, first of all, you put the oldest child who is like, I don't know, 16 or whatever, uh, uh, Heather McAllister, in charge of counting all these kids, and you didn't do a second check it, when you got in the car? That's know, she gives her a pretty detailed breakdown, though. She goes, 13 heads, six, you know, six girls, five boys, you know. All she gave her a pretty, like, I, I would have trusted her. I mean, that, that sounded like gospel coming out. Yeah, that was that was a solid sit rep. But what I will say is this. Uh, the most egregious thing to me is, like, that's your baby. That's uh, Yeah, the, exactly. That's the baby. <laughs> that's the baby of the family. Not only that, okay, so then you get to the airport. I don't care what kind of hurry you're in. You're handing out passports and tickets. In a row, like Jamie's like, as a mom, I'd be like, one for you, one mm. for you, one for you. As they pass by me, as we're running, All right. I'm passing them out. There's your first point. There's your first continuity that really gets me. Yes. Like, how do they not know that they still have his passport not being used at the airport? Now, there is a passport that gets thrown into the trash at some point, I think. Yeah. Maybe that was when his. The milk, oh, the milk is that what that, like, yeah. close up of the trash is supposed yeah. to be showing? Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 The first, the first set of napkins he tosses in there has, has a passport in it. But, and it's but they never really say it, that it's right. his. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe they don't oh. have his. But all then right. they would be looking for it because she's got them all. She, no. she has to have them all. They're not entrusting these passports I think, to kids. I think Chris Columbus filled your loophole on that, man. Passport is in the trash. They didn't realize it. Also, as it yeah. turns out, like pre 9 11 was just buck wild in the airport, right? Because you could just run through without even giving the fucking lady your tickets. Like you could just literally board a plane without even showing your fucking tickets. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. And and the other thing that's not true now is like if they close those doors to the, the walkway, you're done. They are not letting people back on unless it's an mm-hmm. emergency or off. Ever. Ever. For sure. So talking about outside, let's 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 wait on talking about the the climax the the booby trapped house part of this movie outside of that what are your what are your childhood memories of of home alone like what what were other scenes that you knew you took away from it uh if any see when did this movie come out 90 1990 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um so i would have been three years old when it came out i remember watching it with my aunt and uncle so that probably that puts me around four or five years old um i would say the only thing I remember, I remember watching this movie with him. Like I, I distinctly remember that, and I just remember 
as a lot of kids do with like takeaway moments in movies or like funny funny one-liners or whatever else i just remember doing the home alone like slap your face and scream situation mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and yep. that, I, I remember doing that a lot other than that i just remember being fucking oh, terrified yeah. of that old man <laughs> like this 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 is the I think same, that's th- probably the... this is the same age this was like two months before i'm watching like child's play and shit and like things are fine like it's 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 cool it's fine that old man <laughs> fucked me up old man marley looking back on it was super scary because they played him up. It's really more about the music and not even how mm-hmm. he, I mean, he looks, he's wrinkly. I mean, I guess it's really like the he's children are afraid eyes. of wrinkly he's faces. Got dead eyes. Yeah. He's got sad. He's got sad <laughs> and orphan a bloody eyes. hand. He's got 90 year old sad orphan eyes. I think it's just interesting that it, all this movie to me proves is that you can turn anyone into a monster if, with the right editing and the right music. Right. Oh yeah, man. Have you ever seen those YouTube supercuts where they take other like like happy go lucky scenes or movies or, or shows or whatever and they edit oh, them yeah. with like different like slightly different post processing and like different music and it's just it's a mm. completely different thing? That's the power of editing, my guys. Hey, <laughs> as as it turns out, the power of editing, what's amazing, dude, uh, Caleb was just like ranting racial slurs like right before the show started, like during our little our little intro bit. <laughs> you won't even hear it. You won't, because I'm gonna cut all this out. I- I'm the one who edits this, so it's not staying in. You just have no idea anymore. <laughs> we can turn anyone into a villain. <laughs> um, yeah, Old Man Marley, that's definitely, I think that's probably one of the main uh, other memorable things ab- about it and uh, his encounters with him and then realizing that he's just kind of a old neighbor man. I guess that's uh, that hit home a lot more this m- recent watch than it ever has before. The He meets him in the church and... Uh, He's there to watch his granddaughter sing in the choir because he's not allowed to see his granddaughter anymore because his son, him and his son have kind of parted ways or his estranged son and he doesn't ever bring his granddaughter anymore. And that's kind of why he's there around Christmas is to watch his granddaughter. So that's super sad, right? I'm pretty sure that it's also the longest scene between two people actually having dialogue in this film. Oh, probably. Yeah. Other than her, him and the, uh, um, the grocery clerk, and he's asking if the toothbrush is approved by the <laughs> Dental Association of America. Is this approved by the American Dental Association? It doesn't say. Get away, kid. Like, who do you care? Buy the toothbrush or not. And how how much money did Buzz have saved up, man? That dude went shopping. Yeah. Dude. Okay, so let me tell you guys a little something, something about people people with that kind of dumb money, right? I have seen with my own two eyes, and I won't name who it is because I, I know people listen to the show. Uh, we'll say a person I know um, from a We'll call that, him Frandon. Yeah, yeah well, sure. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, don't confuse things, though. Yeah, yeah, that's, I was going to say it's too close to print. <laughs> I'm not sitting uh, on anything. <laughs> yeah, we'll call him Jerry. We'll call him Jerry. Uh, Jerry's dad used to come into his room every night um, around bedtime and make sure that he always had at least 300 cash dollars in his wallet. Oh, my God. Every night. What? If he had spent any money. He would replace it so that he has at least three hundred cash dollars in his wallet. That's a true fucking story. Wow. wow. This kid at the time was fourteen. What the fuck does a fourteen year old need three hundred dollars for? Like just daily he could have gone out and spent that? Every like just day. it was Every a daily day. allowance a daily essentially. Allowance, man. That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know what I would do with three hundred dollars every day infinitely? I had lots of things. Like well, first I'm buying a switch, but you know. Right. After that. Well, that kid was smart, man. He could have been like just tucking a couple bills away every night. Dad come in, put a couple more back. He was a very generous boy. 
<laughs> so you know, so that's good. <laughs> he was he was good when you know on the playground, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing that I noticed this time around is that um, that movie, the fake movie Angels with Filthy uh-huh. Souls, um, not scary. It was scary as a kid, a little bit. Was I was it? also scared. It's rather tame and very fake. I uh, yeah, I I looked it up this time because I've always kind of always kind of been under the impression that that's some kind of old gangster movie clip. That it's real. That, yeah. that they're watching like real. It's just like a clip out of a real gangster movie. And I looked it up and realized that this time, like I found out tonight that that is a minute and a half long movie made just for Home Alone. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. It was earlier this year because it popped up as around the holidays, uh, a lot of Home Alone and Christmas-related stuff does. But uh, it like popped up on Facebook a few weeks ago. Some Someone shared some image, and I was like, oh, no shit. I was always fooled. I always thought that was from some like public you know, public domain movie or something, you know. Right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I totally have. Yeah. Angels with what was what is it? Angels with filthy souls? Yeah, that's what it's right? called. Yeah, it's filmed on that. And then did they film an extra piece again for Home Alone 2 or something like that? Yeah, or did I think they, just that they reuse yeah, like the sequel. same one. It's a sequel. There's a sequel to that same movie in Home Alone 2. I believe the sequel. So. Huh. We'll have to cover that when we do the Home Alone 2 Lost yeah. in New York episode. That's so fucking weird and meta. Like, that's just a sh- that's so strange. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I have, like, a, a lot of adult questions now. Um, yeah. Like... Well, see, when a man and a woman love each other, Caleb. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's all I know, really. I don't really know how it works. They do their taxes together? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how lucrative can burglary be? Even of these houses... In 1990, I, I, it makes no sense. There, there is no way they're getting more than, like, they're probably mm, going to a pawn shop or a couple pawn shops and making $400, $1,000 at the best, a, you know, per house. Well, I mean, you know, how many, how many houses you hit? Like, here's another thing to consider, right? So my biological father was a serial burglar, right? Um, oh. He mostly stole, like, uh, from, like, VCRs from churches and shit and like drugs from old people's houses. He would like come in off the highway and uh, knock on their door and ask to use their bathroom and say his car broke down and he would raid their medicine cabinets and shit. Right. Um, But he also stole like, uh, like VCRs and shit from churches. And I can tell you that uh, look at, look at our, look at our, look at our bandits. Right. And look at their van and look at their clothing. They're not riding high on the hog anyway. Their standard of living is probably relatively low. So the fact that you could go out and you could steal a bunch of shit from a big house and, you know, what what if you what if you get 600 bucks out of all the jewelry in mom's jewelry cabinet, right? Fucking 600 bucks in 1990 ain't bad. Yeah, uh, I will say that there's nothing wrong with OK Plumbing and Heating. That seems like a reputable company. I um, mean, the spelling is a little dubious, but uh, yeah, I don't, I think that would have been a good job for them. They probably could have actually been in the trades. Where did the system do them wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we talk about Buzz's girlfriend? Oh, that's Oof. actually a kid. That's a that's a um a uh, a dude. That is a little is little yeah, little a little boy. male child in drag. Yeah, because they, awesome. because they said they said that they didn't want to because they wanted to have a just a, a hideously ugly girlfriend for him. But not actually they, have a girl. Yeah, yeah, they said they didn't want to actually like crush some girl's spirit by casting her as the ugliest woman possible. So <laughs> they they made it a little boy. That's actually genius. That's good. I like that. I always wonder about that in Hollywood, like to be the actress that gets cast as, you know, the the ugly fat friend. Yeah, or like you the know? one, the, like like people who get cast like as just recurring criminals or drug dealers. You know what I mean? Like Danny, yeah, Tra- right. Danny Trejo, for example. Right? Like mm-hmm. yeah, 
here you go, dude. Like you're you're a bad guy every time. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Like you, you're always going to be some sort of fucking Mexican criminal. <laughs> this is something that really bothered me as a homeowner adult. <laughs> um, flooding people's houses upon, after robbing them is like the ultimate dick move. Like there is no dick. dick. I mean, other than torching the house, like literally burning it down. Like this is just one half step below that on the level of dickishness that these guys do. Like, first of all, no one like the wet bandits. uh, No. Yeah. It's a calling card. No. Okay. So, but here's the deal. These people are like fucking actual ass, like sociopaths, right? Like, Harry oh yeah, one, they have no feelings. Harry, Harry at one point is literally running up the stairs after after dealing with this kid. Which, by the way, they're trying to rob a house. They know there's a kid in it, and they're just going to keep going. So let's just that, that's all you need to say. Yeah. But at one they're point, they're pretty Harry, low on the pole. At yeah. one point, Harry literally threatens to cut Kevin McAllister's balls off and fucking <laughs> boil them in motor oil. <laughs> <laughs> cut your cojones off and boil them motor oil, like, uh. dude. These people are fucking crazy. All right, like so, like you know, hey man, water damage. As far as I'm concerned, that's probably the least of your right. concerns that they catch you at home when you go to rob the place. And in that scene where uh, Joe Pesci was going to bite his fingers off, he actually did bite down on Kevin, uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's finger and left a scar. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Permanent, I mean, permanent Pesci damage. I have a, uh, I have a Wet Bandits t-shirt I couldn't find before recording tonight. For you guys' viewing pleasure, I don't know if it's packed away or what, but it's like their, it's their mug shots. I have, I have like their mug shots on a t-shirt. It's pretty yeah. good. I'd argue the one you're wearing now is better. He's got a he's got a very nice green and white ranger juxtaposition there. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Loot crate. Yep. Shout out. Yeah, that was the one month when I was doing loot crate. That was the one month I skipped and I was fucking furious. So nice work. That's on why that. I that's why I gave up on loot crate. <laughs> <laughs> good choice. Good choice on that. <laughs> um the uh did the furnace scare you as a kid? They never really like revisit that and reuse that. Like it happens really once where the furnace is super crazy and weird. No, no, no. He comes downstairs and he uh he does his laundry and he overcomes his fear. Oh, that's very, right. very okay. short. It's like I think literally to the kitchen. sixty second scene or something. He does yeah. a hell of a lot of laundry for a kid who's been alone for two days. Well right. he, he he so much he had to go buy more fabric softener. He bought milk, eggs, and fabric softener. This kid is not only fucking certifiably insane. <laughs> but is also like a mega level genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> he's totally autistic. Like you, we we all have a, could agree on the fact that like when he is actually talking out loud and alone, he's actually thinking these things. Like he's not actually talking to himself. That's my theory at least. Cause this is a John Hughes film. I mean, he produced it. I don't, did he direct it as well? No, Chris oh, okay. Columbus directed it. Oh, okay. But still like this has got John Hughes all over it. Ferris Bueller's day off, you know, that kind of thing. It's like, it's like, this kid, oh, this kid's basically like prepubescent Ferris. Like, that's what Ferris will right? become. Definitely. And, yeah. This could be a Ferris Bueller prequel. Yeah. I that, like that. that I like that. I like that little fanfic there. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, wasn't, so I haven't seen Ferris Bueller in like a number of years. Isn't oh, we'll have there, to correct isn't that. Isn't there a very, very, very uh, prominent Pontiac Fiero in that movie? Isn't that the car? Isn't that his boss's car? I think that he has the fucking. Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm not sure no, what it is. No, no, no. It's not a Fiero. Uh, that is a very specific car. It's a Porsche, that I think. Yeah, that I'm blanking okay. on right all now. All right, all right. I don't know why I have a, I have a, some tie between the Fiero and Ferris Bueller. Maybe it's just because they kind of sound the same. <laughs> well, don't they run it in reverse over and over again, trying to take mu- miles off the odometer? Yeah, I mean that, that- did technically work on old, some older vehicles. Did it really? Not, not that one in particular. Yeah, yeah. 
Dude, there was That's absolutely hilarious. a... I don't know what it was. There was absolutely a Fierro and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, really? Really? Yeah, I don't, I, just don't, I just don't think it was... I just don't think it was that car that he uh, that they, they did the uh, old reverse trick with. Anyway, Christopher... Chris Columbus, not Christopher Columbus, the director, um, also directed other holiday favorites such as Jingle All the Way. We, didn't, we j- just missed the cut for Arnold November. Ah. Well. Right? That's a damn good movie, though. And also, uh, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. An underrated and Christmas movie. I've never seen it, honestly. It's okay. I mean, is it's... this the Tim Allen one, or is this the... Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I mean, other... Tim Allen, though, though. Santa Claus, that's a good... That's on my Christmas list. Oh, the Santa Claus? Santa Claus is a good one. Santa Claus is the next family movie we're watching, dude. It's on the list. Is it? Yeah. It's good. For sure, for sure. But he also directed uh, Home Alone 2, the sequel to this. But yeah, John Hughes was just a producer, so... Okay. Um... It's very Hughesian, though. You know, like oh, yeah, it has sure. that feel. I think he had a high influence. He, he, had a, he had influence, a lot of influence on the script, from what I can tell. Gotcha. That makes sense. So, I don't like that fucking word you just used. You Hughesian? De- delete, you delete that right now. You get that out of here. I will not. Oh, can we talk about how, uh, you're going to like this, Alex, how incompetent the cops in general are in this film? So, first of all, I got the God fake cop. Then, we, <laughs> then we've got the cop that tries to chase uh kevin across the ice and is so fat and incompetent that he can't chase a child eight-year-old child through snow well, no i love the fact that he for what he's right he's in the middle of writing someone else a ticket right for probably do a traffic violation that probably puts somebody's life in danger <laughs> and that per- person probably deserves a traffic ticket and he'd rather chase after an eight-year-old with a toothbrush right that makes sense that, that was my takeaway on that yeah and then the the other time when they send the cops over to the house to like find out if Kevin's home alone, they just literally like knock really hard twice, and they're like, "Tell them to count their kids again," and then walk away. <laughs> what? I think that I think this kid might be home alone in this gigantic house. There's no way that he's going to be on the other side of the house and not hear my piddly ass knocks. Also, there's a <laughs> fucking doorbell, you nerd. <laughs> yeah, or be afraid that like there's somebody loudly knocking on his front door because he's by himself. Right, and uh, you know, unbeknownst to the cop, uh, albeit, but uh, you know, also dealing with these damn ass bandits. Look, I have this fucking issue. I have this fucking incredible issue with specifically like eighties and nineties movies, and it's the trope sort of carries on even through today. But like, of just every cop being completely fucking useless. Right, if it's not a cop movie, cops uh-huh. are always useless in movies, and it fucking sucks because there's a lot of good cops out there, but also <laughs> like. It, it's just, it's a weird stereotype to have, right? Because I can tell you right now, as much as I'm absolutely loath to talk to the cops about any situation ever, right? Like, I don't, I don't fucking deal with that. On the other hand, man, I guarantee you as soon as somebody, I come home and found out my house got robbed, I make a one phone call, dog, it's yeah. the damn cops. Like, dude, you gotta breed trust in these people. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just think it's funny. They're completely incompetent in this film. Like, if you were to judge American police, you know, law enforcement from this film, it would be an F. Because then she calls to yeah. have them check on the house, and they like ping pong her back and forth uh, between Child Protective Services and and the police, uh, which is a great scene because the donut lands like straight on the receiver of the of the phone, which is something that would never happen today because no one has a phone that big, um, and totally on accident as well. A great character actor. I'm blanking on his name. Who plays the C, uh, the child protective services guy? Uh, and then passes him back to the cop, and they're just like, "Yeah, we'll send somebody. We'll send a plain clothes over to check it out." It's like, "Come on, man! 
I got a kid at home alone. Like no one, this is not real. I love how, how early nineties movies, especially like these, like the still, I mean, they're modern enough in setting, but they're now they're time pieces and that there's no cell phones. Like they're trying to, they're trying to contact neighbors and just everyone, but everyone's out of town. So everyone's just, it's going to answering machines and no one's picking up their phone because no one's home. And it's like, that's such a, a problem that as you watch it now, you're like, how frustrating would that be? Like now that you know the technology there is, it's just that it always takes me back a little bit. Like, God, that time. Imagine trying to buy weed the time before cell phones. (laughs) Right. You know what a fucking problem that is? Jesus Christ. I forgot. I have it written down here. Um, how bad is it that a young white child will not even go to the cops in Chicago? <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yep. That's about it. I mean, in the end, he calls them, but he yes. sends them. I don't get the motivation of him sending them to the neighbor's house because he doesn't want he, he still doesn't want them to find out that he's home alone. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Hi, I'm sense. Home Alone, the star of Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> but not only that, but like even back then, I think they could trace the phone call. You know what I mean? Oh, they definitely could. Back so then, they're gonna sure. know where that phone call came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that nine one one dispatch will star six nine your ass. Yeah. <laughs> that shit. Fucking anyway, star six nine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> also, um, very nice. <laughs> um all right so climax of this movie the booby trapped house mm-hmm. um what's the, what's the best trap what's your favorite trap can we talk about that segue between the word 69 and anyway um <laughs> <laughs> by the way uh, the how word... much did your did your kids is that so as a kid obviously like i said kind of put that aside when we talked about memories to start because that's clearly as a kid the part of the movie that you remember Oh, yeah. It's like your favorite, like as a kid, I think if you ever like, if, if I would have thought about that movie, probably my scope of like memory of it would be just that scene. Like that's, that's oh, yeah, that whole, is home alone. The third act, yeah. the entire yeah, third that, act. Yeah, that 25 minutes is home alone Yep, in my head until, until I kind of grew up. So like Alex watching it with your kids, like was that, did they love that stuff still? Did, the, did those pranks still hold up? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like my kids aren't kids are fucking jaded like everyone in 2017 so like they're not sitting there like cracking ass up laughing right like my kids don't laugh at movies i don't laugh at movies i I was in different thing i was in star wars the other day right and people were laughing out loud in the theater that's fucking frustrating i don't like watching a movie where the person (laughs) reacts out loud it drives me fucking insane you would hate what about the (laughs) what about the person that um starts clapping with the when the scroll starts oh so we had that first oh wait 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 that's a totally another thing like that person's an asshole yeah do you think uh, yeah for star wars Look, man, we're going to talk about Star Wars here shortly, and I have a whole lot of things to say about my experience in the theater, but I'll just say this. Yo, dog, fucking keep quiet on the couch in the theater, where the fuck you're at. We're here to watch a movie. Uh, that being said, my kids, like, I don't care if they, you know, we're at the house. It's Home Alone. Whatever. It's fine. Um, point is, is like, in general, like, we watched Elf as well. Nobody was like, oh, look at that. That was so fun. Like, they just they just liked it. You know what I mean? They just they enjoyed it. They internalized it. Yeah. They figured it out, you know? Um, but for sure, I think, I think, uh, after they watched it, they were talking about it for like three days about how it was such a cool movie. So I would imagine that resonate. I think that I think the movie holds up with kids much better than it does adults. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, I can see that if they, it's not if you don't have nostalgia for this movie, if you didn't experience it as a kid, I, it's probably definitely not on your holiday watch list. Right. You know, yeah, your first your, like your first I time watching this movie is in 2017. Like, it's probably not even worth yeah. checking out, really. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Know. For sure. Um, but what is so? What's uh? So Caleb, what, what's your favorite your favorite trap? Oh, favorite trap. Um, I mean, I guess uh, let me talk about the one that I found the most. Again, as I can, o- I can only watch these through my eyes today, and that is the slippery stairs. Oh, okay. Into the the tar stairs. Uh, first of all, like both of those men would be dead. Like, <laughs> like right away, like first prank, like landing on your back like that, Harry would be out and landing at the bottom of the staircase for, uh, oh, I'm blanking. What's the other guy's name? Marv would be, he'd be dead. And then like getting into the thing and he keeps walking up the stairs, even though he's taking off his shoes and then his socks. And then he's going <laughs> to put his foot. Obviously if, if that tar was as sticky as, as it is, uh, then his flesh would come off with each step. I mean, not just oh, stepping sure. on the nail, but like literally like he would have no feet anymore. Yeah. That's what people don't understand about the idea, the trope of tar- tarring and feathering is that it's actually incredibly fucking brutal. Ugh. Cause cause the tar has to be hot, right? Right. To, exactly. Tar I mean, feather, that, that, like... exactly. That's why if you've ever seen people like laying asphalt and shit like that, like that's a, that's a horrible, 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 horrible job, job, especially in the summer, you know? Yeah. That's the worst. So my my favorite scene where I it gets me every time is is directly after that the slips down the stairs to get down to the basement and does the tar stairs steps on it falls back down those when he walks back out and just nonchalantly shuts the door behind him and then slips again yeah. <laughs> that's again that's just like that one just is over the top I love that one that's my that's probably my favorite fall in all of those that's did you notice the, the flesh boots this time. I I did only because I watched uh something I forget who pointed some video I watched pointed it out uh so I knew to look for it but like I I feel like it still would have fooled me on the most recent rewatch. Oh, I I actually noticed them um without seeing that video. I did watch that video or one of the ones you're talking about that uh that pointed it out. But yeah, so when Marv comes back up the stairs, they were in real snow and they they gave uh Daniel Stern actual like flesh colored boots to wear in the snow so his feet were cold. Uh. Yeah. God, who would have thought that Daniel Stern's not a method actor? I ne- never would have crossed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's real deep. Trap wise, I just want—I want to—I want to give you mine real quick because I kind of roundabout it on that one. Uh, and it's real short and sweet. I just like when Kevin McAllister shoots that motherfucker right in the face with a BB gun. <laughs> because <laughs> at that age, at that age, like when I saw Home Alone for the first time, I had just uh, for my fourth Christmas gotten a Red Rider BB gun, right? A Christmas Story style, you know. Um, and it was my favorite damn thing in the world because you could shoot animals with it. You could set. You could shoot cans. You. I mean, it was great. It was awesome. You're. A, you're. A, you have a rifle. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, so see, and, and we've been the, shown that he's a crack shot. Oh hell yeah! Yeah. Shooting the army man down the laundry chute. He murdered all those football players. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think one of them yeah. was Larry Bird too. Was it? <laughs> That scene is really cool because, first of all, to me, it's awesome just because this kid just like shoots this guy right in the dome, right? I mean, just that's a brutal maneuver. Uh, but secondly, I found out after watching one of these videos, um, the special effects for this movie were done by like one guy who was sort of it wasn't done by like some special effects team, right? So the scene where he shoots it, you sort of see in a brief like three or four frames the BB coming out of the gun 
and going into Marv's face, right? That was hand painted by a guy, uh, you know, frame by frame to have that in there. But they, this guy charged like six hundred dollars for that scene. You know what I mean? Which nice, you know, in nineties money is okay for you know for whatever. But also, like you, you hand painted part of the CGI for fucking Home Alone, and you probably got right? no royalties. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. That sucks. I mean, six hundred bucks off their five hundred million dollars. Right. Yeah, I think that and. One of my favorite parts too is, is him being all ballsy on the stairs and calling them to to him, and they all and they slip on the micro machines. Like Classic they they came out machines. and I was watching him and and uh, I was watching with my girlfriend and her kids and he says, he says oh they're they're cars like those are micro machines to be specific like <laughs> I forgot all about micro machines man oh hell yep. yeah Hot Wheels superior I mean just, you know that's why they're still around micro I I don't know that I did I did a little of both I think but too small too small easy to lose man. That's, yeah, that's, that's people choke on them. Kids put them in their mouths. Um, so apparently, that spider, the tarantula, like Daniel Stern said, I'll do that, but only one one take. That's all oh I can do. God. So they did his, that for real. And his scream is iconic. He could not actually scream because they really, yeah, they were afraid that it would it would really unnerve the spider. And so he he did it all silently, and then yeah, they like did ADR. The scream. Yeah, they ADR'd it in. <laughs> That's so good though, because that's a great scream. Yeah, it really is. It is. It's yeah. it's it's that's really really good. Which which now immediately after that, like when they're like, oh, he's trying to get us to go back downstairs through all his traps, and then they they climb out. Like as a person who works out on the regular, like hanging from a rope and like sidling yourself over at like two stories up, that takes an incredible amount. Oh god, yeah. Upper body They're not straight. making it halfway down that rope. Not even, no not even a quarter, man. Like, and then he cuts the rope on him, and I'll, like, how could you not see that coming? <laughs> as it turns out, as it turns out, Home Alone is the best X Men prequel. Right? right. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're they're all just like superhuman endurance, and like Kevin Cash is a mega genius. You know, turns like out the Web Bandits are Beast and Nightcrawler. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Family Guy too. They. Family Guy did a good bit on some episode on some season. I don't know what it was, but it sticks out in my head every time I think about Home Alone in that, like, somehow Joe Pesci counted as a tough guy in the 90s. Like, it's pretty good. If you look, if you look at, well, Joe, no. if you look at all, like, fucking five foot six of Joe Pesci and, like, he's not, even, he's not even, like, above five six, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, come on, come on, man. What's the movie that, he's he's legit decent gangster goodfellas oh, no. he's a very good actor and he yeah. is very oh, sure, scary sure. in goodfellas yeah but he is he a tiny goodfellas man. i just looked it up goodfellas came out in 1990 as well so damn pesci get that money huh? right this is good who who as a kid wanted to make that zip line that's what i was that was oh, always my yeah like, yeah yeah god yeah, i want to do that like my kids still want a zip line. My my Ian told me that they're gonna build one from the roof down to our neighbor's house so that they can go over and play with with my my neighbor's friend or uh, daughter. But a zip line from your like your attic to like your treehouse—that's pretty badass. Yep. Hell yeah. And he strings that thing himself. He's he's some w- sort of like a uh, idiot savant. I said, yeah. I went to a, a house in uh, it was like wine country in California. My cousin got married and they had the reception at this house and. I'm walking through the garage as we're cleaning up as one of the groomsmen and I look over and this guy's got a got a basement, like a game room basement, right? Dude's got a slide that goes down into his game room basement. That's dope. That's dope as fuck. It's such the dream, man. Like I'm looking over, it's like, 
can I please go down your slide? And you get down there, dude. You slide down it, and he's, it's a it's a theater room setup with his with his Xboxes and all that stuff laying out right there. And he's got like a little like a car collection in the back. It's, it was pretty good, but that kind of brought me to that like a real life type of thing like that. Like that's what I want: either a zip line to my treehouse or a slide into my game room. Mm, see, I would go for the uh, the hidden bookcase door into Ooh, my game that's room. good too. My, I, I, it's a cool fantasy to have, but do you understand, like, especially if you have more than one in your house or if you have, like, a good-sized, <laughs> like, hidden panic room, do you understand how much extra house you have to fucking have? Oh, I know. Like, I know. It, it's, it, start, it starts to make the layout of your house kind of, like, just kind of dumb because a bandit walks in, right? They walk into the master bedroom, and they're like, all right, cool, 10 by 10 or whatever the fuck, great. They walk into the next bedroom, like, all right, cool, 10 by 10, great. And they're like, why the fuck is there 27 feet in between these two rooms? What's back here? <laughs> you know what I mean? If you do it right, it's hard to hard to find. But yeah, if you're paying attention, you should be able to find any of those. Unless it's the one that I've seen is under the staircase. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, where you can like lift the up the stairs. I have uh, one actually yeah. in my house. It's just it doesn't have a secret door to it, but I have an entire like under oh yeah my, under my split level. There's a whole fucking room. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. The bathroom. Oh, to, there. there's a there's a bar in Denver that the the restrooms are behind bookcases like that. If you don't know where they are, you you can you do not know. Where the doors to the bathrooms are. That's cool. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You have to be pointed to them. Is that a homeless deterrent? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Like, honestly, <laughs> it's a cool little thing. The whole bar is set up like just a big ass library, but it's hilarious. Can we talk about um, the number one guest appearance in this film real quick? John fucking Candy, I hope. John oh. fucking Candy, Kay. man. Go there. That's a great. Thank you for not letting us pass that up. The Polka King. Yeah, the Polka King. Very big in Sheboygan. I love that one. Uh, polka, polka, polka. polka <laughs> they sold polka. 623 records. <laughs> and, he, and he thought he, she would recognize him. <laughs> he, like, he takes like three minutes introducing himself by all their polka names. Like that. I thought, I thought you might just, I thought you might recognize so us. As we're, as the scenes with the, with him like progress, I leaned over to Jamie and I'm like, he's totally hitting on her, right? Like he thinks like he can oh, slide, yeah. slide in on this chick mm-hmm. on Catherine O'Hara, who O'Hara, who's like amazing in this movie, by the way, she's so good. Steals the show. Uh, very true to life. Uh, even Jamie was like, that's a mom. Like forget all of the mistakes made. Like a mom would be like, no, I'm going back now. You know, whatever I've got to do to get there kind of thing. Uh, and then there's a the scene where he tries to give her the clarinet, the clarinet he's playing. Yes, <laughs> she said, and I, I wrote this down in quotes. Here, take this stick in your mouth on my wet reed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Mm. He's so good. It's just a small role, and he apparently he filmed that uh, every scene in him they filmed within twenty four hours because he had a very small window that he could do yeah. it. Yeah. So they, they did a twenty three hour shoot with this guy. He's such a pro. That's yeah, pretty classic. Was, I, th- I think they said they started at 7 a.m. and ended at 6 a.m. the next day. Nice. I, I wish he had lived much longer than he did. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's a sad one for sure. Um, speaking of him, like, Macaulay Culkin got the role in Home Alone based because um, uh, uh, John Hughes knew him from Uncle Buck. Right. Like, that's the kid That's ah. the kid I want in this movie. Can you imagine, can you imagine if uh, John Candy had lived longer? Right. Can you imagine how good Paul Blart Mall Cop could have been? Oh, yeah. Oh. Definitely um, <laughs> 7 out of 10. <laughs> it would have escalated at least a good half, you know, up there. Oh, imagine him and Chris Farley doing a movie together. 
for sure. Well, let's talk about uh, what's what's as we wrap this up. Let's kind of talk about Macaulay, the kid. The, this is where his his like star rose off of Home Alone. He'd done a few movies prior, like we just mentioned, Uncle Buck, which is probably the only other one that's big. Rocket Gibraltar was one. See you in the morning, Uncle Buck, and then Jacob's Ladder. He's in, which Whoa, is interesting. Really? Yeah, I, I need in nineteen ninety as well. Holy uncredited. Shit. That's one uncredited. of my He must movies. be just a little kid in the background or whatever. Um, that'd be interesting to watch that and try to spot spot Macaulay. Uh, but then in nineteen ninety, uh, Home Alone. So and that put him on the map. And uh, I think it's funny how so he does Home Alone in 1990. Do you? I don't know if any of you guys are on his page or know this, but so the last movie he did in the 90s as a kid, child star, wasn't was only in 1994. Like his star was it was four years. But you know yeah. what movie that was the last one he did? He did Richie uh, Rich. Yeah, Richie Richie Rich is the last one, but um, yeah, that's, that's I was kind of blown away like by that. It was only four years. He kind of did his thing and then just dropped out for whatever reason. I don't know if you guys know the story behind that at all, but I didn't really look into it. But nope, because I feel like that's prying into some some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's a kid. Said, it, ha, yeah. Yep, and there's a lot to be said and a lot that's coming to light uh, here recently, politically and everything else about how Hollywood's kind of fucked up, and so you know, like who the fuck knows what's going on there? And honestly, I don't think it's okay to speculate about. So what's the best uh, Macaulay Culkin movie? Oh, man. That's actually tough. I throw my lot in with Home Alone 2. Yeah? Home Alone 2 is up there. It's for sure. It's a, That's a worthy-ass sequel. As far We talked about sequels when we talked... What, what did we do recently? There was a, a T2. When we did T2, we talked about great sequels. Yeah. Like, we missed Home Alone 2. That belongs on that list. For sure. Eh. I would say Saved, which is actually a more contemporary film. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, it's 2004, 15 years ago, practically. But uh, I really liked his role. He plays a, uh, the brother of one of the main characters uh, at this uh, Christian camp or school. I can't remember which. And he's in a wheelchair and he's kind of jaded and uh, he's kind of the, the bad boy. It's pretty good. Growing up uh, as with my I feel like me and my siblings and, fr- and family were we liked my girl more even more than home alone like my girl was where i knew macaulay culkin from um almost as much as home alone for sure so it's a good movie it's a good classic movie it's a sad ass kids movie yeah i was gonna say it gets real sad it's a downer it gets real real deep and real sad um anyway you guys got any other notes on home alone before i kind of talk about like like box office lead obviously was a huge success um, its budget was 18 million and made, uh, 476 million. Jeez. So that's a, that's what we call a profit in the States. Just a little. Yep. 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 So, and that's what we're all looking for. Right. I mean, that's what, and I'm that's, sure that's, all that's... of the, I'm sure all of the camera riggers and all of those, all of those like fucking, uh, boom mic operators, I'm sure they, they saw a fair share of that. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. I yeah, mean, cause that's, right. you know, laborers, that's, that's what we do. We, we pay laborers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to go there anyway uh well that's home alone guys we did it go watch it spend christmas uh with your families you know it'll, it'll give you appreciation for for how much you will miss your family if they're not around or just give you appreciation for you know beating up some bad guys yeah that's all that's that's always good you know whatever take away what you want to take away i took away a little more of the family stuff this time than i ever have i think so you know It'll do a good, uh, do you good if you play role playing games, man. Look at, look at, look at that for ideas to set traps for those Ooh. bad guys in those dungeons, my dude. Mm. That's true. 
Good fun, job. Crea- creative ways to use pieces of chalk. <laughs> All right, guys. We are Geek Squatch, part of the Ninja Pancake Network. You can go follow them at ninjapancake.com and um, hit up Loot Shoot Lane. Um, uh, hit up Alex's new show, uh, Demonstrating. If you're uh, interested in those role-playing games and DMing them and leading them, he'll give you some good pointers and tips on how to do that. Um, and, you know, you want to shout out your dudes on there or anything like that, Alex? When do you usually put out? Um, whenever I can. You know, if anybody's ever interested, I try to, I try to get laid whenever I can. Um, cool. That was, that was a stupid joke. Uh, no, uh, so, I, so I, do it with, I do the show with my friends um, Amy and Joe. Uh, who are both also DMs, and we just kind of weigh in on questions that we get through, like Facebook and Reddit and subjects we want to cover. Um, we don't have a regular schedule right now um, because it's the holidays, and so from, like, fucking October to now, it's rough. But uh, look for, after the first of the year, look for probably a bi-weekly schedule is what we're looking at. Sweet. You also got Bombshell Jackets, um, a division game. That, the game's got a little bit of a, a new rising interest with some new DLC and content they're putting out to that. So if you're into that, Check out Bombshell Jackets. I'm sure they got stuff to say about that. Or My Morning Coffee, if you want to hear our buddy Remy talk about just all kinds of miscellaneous topics. So uh, we want to thank the Speaker Freaks for the Geek Squatch theme that you hear in our intro and outro. Um, please subscribe to Geek Squatch on iTunes. Please get on iTunes and leave us a comment. Please rate us um, and, you know, try to get us up there. Try to get some 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 exposure. Um, visit GeekSquatch.com for any past content and a little bit insider into some of the episodes. Um, you can email us if you have any questions or just comments or topic suggestions, whatever you got podcast at geeksquatch.com or follow us on Twitter for any updates that we have coming out um, at geek squatch pod. Um, Alex is W a Hirsch on Twitter. Caleb is Caleb MCC. I am Sesame seed 83. And that is geek squatch. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho.